One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding mucus fuel treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB and RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. I'm Scott Trailer, this guy that's sitting right across from me with these headphones on. That's Kirk Elliott. We are the Racing Boys. Welcome to the show. Got a great show lined up for you today. Uh, as usual, we're going to have our uh, weekly guest, Lee Spencer. She's going to join us in hour number two. But we're going to also have Lenny Patiki on. Lenny Patiki is with the Performance Racing Network, and he is working down at Charlotte during the dirt track races this weekend. So we'll talk to him. We'll also talk to Scott Delosio, who is the announcer at Paris Auto Speedway where the Oval Nationals is going on this weekend. We'll talk to him a little bit later in the show as well. So good show lined up for you today. Um, we've got uh, a cast of thousands here at Racing Boys HQ today. We've got Adam. We've got Todd. We have Austin. And who do we have back at uh, 810, Kirk, today? Marco is Marco. working today. Marco, thanks for stepping in today. We appreciate it. Uh, good show lined up today. Kirk, last night was a pretty good night of action on uh, if you were – willing to buy the streams and watch some of the races last night. We had some pretty good action going on down at at uh, Charlotte. David Gravel picked up the win last night. And uh, Brady Bacon out at the Oval Nationals last night picked up the win on the last lap. Yeah, Justin Grant was the man last night. He, he rolled down that right rear tire on the last lap. That yeah. was I mean, too bad uh, for him. Brady had led most of the race, and then... Here comes Justin Grant, and he just powered by Brady there right. uh, with uh, several laps left to go in the race. But when that tire went down, then uh, the Macho Man retook the lead and the macho won man. the race. I just I, I crack up every time I say the Macho Man when I think of Brady Bacon because, you know. You had another name for him. Junebug yeah. Brady Bacon was the what we used to call him back in the day um, because he ate a Junebug. That's why. So. Um, he's, uh, he's a good guy and, and I was really happy to see him. That, that race the night before at Paris Auto Speedway though. Man. That that, was a f- I don't know if it gets any better than that. You know what that race reminded me of, Kirk Elliott? What year was it when you, or uh, no, it was Scotty and, and, uh, Trenton at the time when he worked for us, they went down to, I think it was uh, Royal Purple Speedway. Jesse Hockett, Robert Ballou, and Brady Bacon come across the line three wide for the win. Was that the uh, dirt track at the Houston Raceway Park? I think that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, when they had the dirt track down there. Anyway, it was, it was very similar to that. And uh, what, a, what a fantastic finish on uh, night number one of the Old Nationals. That was great stuff. Yeah, because the night before, uh, it was Jake Swanson in a photo finish. And, you know, that was one of the rare times that you really couldn't tell mm-hmm. uh, just by eyeballing it at the finish line who actually won that race. And they had to use the transponders to figure that out on Thursday night. But, I mean, what a fabulous non-wing sprint car race that was as Jake Swanson beat Kevin Thomas Jr. right at the finish. And then Brady Bacon right. was 
third, less than a car length. A half a car length. A half back. a car length yeah. back from those yeah, guys. Sure. I mean, that was just an incredible finish. And the track prep out at Paris Auto Speedway has been fabulous and looking forward to a big finale tonight out there. Yeah, it's going to be good. How much does that race pay to win, Kirk? Do you know? I don't know. We'll, we'll look that up. Let's see if we can find that out. And, well, we'll ask Scott Delosio. Uh, he'll know. Delosio. Scott Delosio, the voice of Paris Auto Speedway. He's been out there forever. And let yeah. me tell you, he is one of the very best in the business. At what he does. Yeah. He's been doing it a long time. You know who was shooting video out there last night, Kurt? I do not know. Jeff Christensen. Oh, Jeff was there. Jeff Good. was shooting that video cool. last night. It was like a homecoming for him. I should. We should have known. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff's got a unique style of shooting races. And, uh, you know, we've watched Jeff doing video for a long time now. We should have picked up on that. It was... He did great work, well, as I, always. I just knew he was there because yeah. he's got uh, like six nights in Las Vegas coming up. And right. so that he ran over there and did a couple nights over there at uh, the Oval Nationals. I believe this is the 25th Oval Nationals, isn't it, Kirk? Uh, I believe I, it I don't is. Know. I believe it is. It's been around a long time. It's one of the premier non-wing sprint you car ever races been, in the country. Have you ever been to Paris? I've never been there. Kurt, uh, Scotty and I went there one night on a practice night, and it it is a fabulous track. I mean, it is well built. The fencing is second to none. It's really a real nice facility, and I hope to get back there someday. I'd love to get back out there for the Oval Nationals. It's one of the marquee events when it comes to non-wing sprint car racing in the country, and uh, a lot of the great drivers are out there this weekend. So if you want to watch the Oval Nationals this weekend, you can do that on Flow Racing, flowracing.com. And Dirt Vision's got the coverage of the World Finals at the Dirt Track Charlotte Motor Speedway this weekend. They got rained out on Thursday night, and they got started early in the day yesterday. Yep. They had to to get all the qualifying in because the opening night was supposed to be just for getting the time trials out of the way. So they had to start in the afternoon yesterday to finish up time trials and then get a complete show in last night. And pretty good action at the dirt track with the big block modifieds, World of Outlaw late models, and the World of Outlaw sprint cars. We had three big winners last night. 17-year-old Alex Yankowski wins the the big big block modified race last night. Where'd that kid come from? Yeah, where'd he come from? Uh, He powered his way into the lead in the late going of that race to uh, come up with uh, his first ever victory on the super uh, big block super dirt series and then uh, Jonathan Davenport closed out the evening with a uh, dominating win in the World About All Late mm. Models. And that was after David Gravel, who had set quick time early in the day, uh, came up with uh, a victory. He's got that place figured out. David Gravel has won, I don't know how many races down at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway, but uh, he's got, got this thing figured out. Well, uh, I was just told here by Mr. Trout, he said that he thought it used to pay 30000 but now he thinks it pays 10000 to win. Good morning, Tommy Hahn. How are you doing, buddy? I uh, think so, but I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not for sure about that. We'll check on that, what yeah. the uh, total price tag Well, is we'll find out when Scott Delosio joins us here on the show in a little bit. Right. Uh, don't want to forget to remind people, we, we announced this in our number Two last week, and we want to remind everybody in hour number one this week that uh, Mostly Motorsports, the new show that I will be hosting uh, daily, Monday through Friday from 11 to 12.30, will debut at the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. January 10th, we'll be down there Monday through Friday from 
11 to 12.30, folks. So Mostly Motorsports is going to make its debut. It's going to be a daily show. I'm going to host the show, and it's going to be Monday through Friday from 11 to 12.30, and we're going to kick it all off down at the uh, Chili Bowl Midget Nationals, January 10th. We'll be down there all week. We'll have a bunch of great guests on. And then the following week, we'll come back here to the studio and do the show. So that makes too much sense. It does. To open up your, to have the premiere of your new mostly motorsport show at the Chili Bowl. It, it, there's I mean, that there's a lot of sense. a lot of guests down there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have access to a lot of people down there. There's no doubt about. It. And that, yeah. by the way, that is the 25th annual Global Nationals at out at uh, Paris Auto Speedway. Yeah. And, and another announcement that we want to make and. I've got to thank uh, Adam Bartland for helping us out so much, uh, one of our producers with this. Um, we are now available, Track Talk and Mostly Motorsports. You'll be able to find it wherever you find your favorite podcast, wherever that is. Spotify, iHeart, it doesn't matter. Wherever you find your favorite podcast, you can find Racing Boys broadcast as well. Tommy Hahn said it paid 5000 to win last night. Yeah, that's... What are you doing there, Kurt? I, uh, that's pretty good money for the preliminary. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's uh, more about the prestige than anything else at the Oval Nationals winning that race. Because, you know, there's just not too many non-wing sprint car races that are as prestigious as the Oval Nationals. Yeah. No, it, it, it's one of the big ones for sure. Um, you know, uh, Tommy, I thought maybe that you and Blake might go down there to Charlotte and take your 410 and go down there and run a little bit this weekend. I, that's what I thought. I thought maybe the current Lucasville ASES National Tour champion, uh, Blake Hunt, he's got a couple 410s. I thought he might go down there and run with them Are you going to do weekend. more 410 racing in the future? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you what Blake's going to do in the future. I mean, he is the, the defending champion of the series. You know, sometimes maybe you want to come back, you want to try to repeat as the champion sure. maybe you want to go and do what aaron reitzel has done what uh sam hafertief has done you know shane stewart a lot of the guys that have been champions with the luxoil ascs national sprint car tour have went on to run 410 racing you look at the success that aaron reitzel had winning not only rookie of the year but the championship his rookie year and then picking up the championship the following year um it, it, it's got to be appealing to somebody like Blake Hahn that used to race with Sam and Aaron and has outran those guys from time to time. Um, I think that uh, it, it's got to be appealing to go down there and try to run. You know, those those all-star races, I think they pay like $10,000 to win. I'm yeah. not sure exactly what they pay. They pay quite a bit, right? World of Outlaws, we know, pays 10000 to win. And uh, everybody wants to go out there and see if they can run against the world's best when – when we talk about the world's best, we're talking about the world of outlaws. Everybody wants to go down there, try to beat Brad Sweet, Donnie Schatz, and, you know, Carson Macedo. Um, there's a ton of names that people want to go down there and try to beat with the world of outlaws. And I get that. I understand that. You want to know, you want to be clear in your mind that you are, are capable of beating drivers at the highest level. And we all want to feel like we could do that. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes run some 410 stuff. We'll just have to see what uh, what he decides to do. What a way to cap off a championship, though, by winning his third short track nationals and the championship all in one fell swoop. Yeah. I mean, that uh, they're, they're still celebrating off that, that big moment. 
at uh, I-30 Speedway in Little Rock. That was a big weekend for him. You know, he picked up $10,041 for the victory down there and then another $40,000 for the national championship. So that was a $50,000 weekend for him. So that's going to go good in the bank, and that that has set him up good for next year for sure. One other big race last night at the uh, Phoenix Raceway. It was the Camping World NASCAR Truck Series ending up its season last night. And Ben Rhodes comes through with his first-ever championship. Maybe surprised a lot of people there. I think everybody thought that John Hunter Nemechek was going to dominate, but uh, he had trouble. And I I think his problem started by qualifying 16th. He qualified 16th in that race last night, and then it went all downhill from there. But I think everybody was pointing towards him as being the uh, champion. I think... you think everybody was rooting for John Hunter Nemechek. I, I I think you were rooting for John Hunter Nemechek. Well, because he had the best season throughout the whole year. That's kind of why I was rooting for him. Uh, but I y- thought he deserved win the championship. Just because you win the most amount of races doesn't. Well, I mean, Kevin Harvick didn't win the championship last year, and he won the most amount of races in Cup. Well, that, and he didn't even make the final four for that matter. And that wasn't right either. But that's the way it is. So. I mean that's the way that you Kurt, know we've made, we've made NASCAR into like every other sport Kurt. where if you're the best car all season long uh you have one bad race that's that's going to put you out but you know that's Kurt. a lot of people a lot of people will come back and say that well that's the way the rules are you got to perform in the last race of the season Kurt. forget about Kurt. what happened to you the rest of the year Kirk let it go let it go. You you can't continue to think that it's not the right way. This is how e- everybody plays by the same rules at the at the cup level, Xfinity level, and the truck level. They all play by the same rules. So you're just going to have to get over it. You're going to have to get past that. You got to go to work past that and just say this is the way it is now, and and I'm going to enjoy it. Don't sit there and think, oh, this is all skewed and. This is terrible that the guy that won the most amount of races did win the championship. This is the formula that NASCAR has laid down for these teams, and that's what they all play by. And that's the rules they play by, and you need to get past it. Nothing? (laughs) All right. Whatever you say, Dad. Okay. Well, I mean, what good does it do to continue about the way NASCAR does their point system. Everybody plays by the same rules. Crickets. That's what I'm getting from Kirk right now. I I don't need to pound this into the ground. I'm just saying that I thought uh, the reason why I brought up John Hunter Nemechek is that he was probably the prohibitive favorite you were talking about. The, who, who was the favorite to win? Well, John Hunter Nemechek was favored to win the championship, and I just think he got off to a bad start when he qualified 16th, and then when he hit the wall and, had, you know, had a tire go down, had to come in, got down two laps. He was able to come back and get eighth, but, you know, so wasn't Kirk, enough. So, Kirk, with all that being said, hit the wall, had to come in, went two laps down. Whose fault was it that he didn't win the championship? Well, you'd have to say it was his. It was his fault. He didn't get it done. One bad. Well, not race. only his fault, his team's fault as well. Right. Yeah, because the team let him down in qualifying. The team deserves as much credit of 
blame as anybody else when it comes to winning a championship, for sure. It's not just the driver. But the driver hit the wall. Yep. Right? Listen, I liked uh, John Hunter Nemechek as well as anybody out there. But uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not emotionally attached to anybody in the truck series. I'm just not. I mean, there was a day when I, when I used to really follow the trucks. Now, now listen, I'm, I'm as bad as this may sound, just because she's one of our locals, I do like to watch where Jennifer finishes, but she's always towards the back. She's not running up towards the front, right? She's just down there making a living. That's what she's doing, and that's good for her. She's been doing it for 20 years, too, by the way. So uh, she should be very proud of what she's done. Oh, well, congratulations to Chandler Smith that won the race, who won the race last night. So, oh, by the way. And that was his second race, if I remember right. Uh, Austin told me just a little bit ago that he picked up the win at Bristol earlier right. this year. He did. So that's his second win. Just about right? a month ago. Yeah. So... Congratulations to him as well. So uh, pretty good action last night as Ben Rhodes passes Zane Smith for position with several laps to go to uh, come up with a win. And I've got a great sound bite that we'll play maybe in the third segment coming up. We're running out of time to play it now. But one of the best sound bites that you'll hear probably all year from champion Ben Rhodes. We'll play that probably in the third segment. We'll get a little more time. Great sound bite. Yeah. All right, Kirk. Well, um, action around Kansas City's all buttoned up, right? Uh, unfortunately, the Grant uh, the the uh, Youngins race was rained out last week. That was it. Listen, yep, ten thousand dollar to win race, and they're not going to make up for it. Well, they're going to come back next year and have a big blowout for the uh, at Lakeside Youngins Memorial. That's going to pay, I think so. I mean, they're talking about possibility of somebody walking out there with twenty thousand dollars, paying twenty to win. Yeah, so we'll get more details on that as we approach that, that time. So with this rain out, they're going to combine the one that was supposed to be last Friday night to uh, what's going to happen next year and come up with a, a big time payout. That's exactly what's killing modified racing. Too Those- much money. Too much money. Too much money. They're paying too much money. They're driving the professionals into modified racing. You start paying ten thousand a win, twenty thousand a win. You're not going to get the guys that race out at Lakeside every week to show up. You know why? Because those guys don't have the budget that these USMTS guys or these guys that tour all the way around the country as professional race car drivers running with USMTS. They travel all around the country, and they're the very best of the very best. I'm not going to say they're not. They are the best of the best. But they also drive the best cars. they got the best equipment, the best motors, the best cars, best crew chiefs. they got they have all the knowledge of traveling around all the, these tracks all around the country. They know how to get their car up to speed really quick. There, there's a huge advantage to the guys that travel with USMTS over the guys that run out at Lakeside or wherever, CMS, any tracks that you want to name around here, they have a huge advantage over them. And um, I, I, I think, to be honest with you, I think that's what's wrong with modified racing. I think that's why you're seeing a modified racing die on the vine. It's too expensive. People cannot afford to run a modified 
when you got to go out and buy a modified, and it's $35,000 for a roller, then you got to buy a $25,000 motor, then you got to buy about $4,000 worth of shocks. Now you're talking sixty, seventy thousand dollars in a top flight USMTS car. It, it it's ridiculous. It's crazy the people that spend that kind of money on a modified. I just don't. I can't get my head around it. We need. Again, I hate to get up on the pedestal as I have many times about modified racing. We need to reel it back in. I'm not. I'm just not sure we can do it. Yeah, you can't put the uh, toothpaste back in the tube. Smoke back out. in the cigarette. No, yeah, and you know another thing is when you put out a big purse. Yeah, it just gonna, draws in gonna, the pros. You're going to attract a lot of professionals. Right, that want a part of that. So that, you know, if you think you're going to put out a lot of money because you're going to reward the local guys. No, the local guy's not going to win that money. The, 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 the some guy from out of town's going to come in and take that money, and, and so. your local guy's not going to get a, a scratch of it. Now, there is a few guys that we've seen here at the local level that have competed with the USMTS guys, but there's not many of them at the local level that can do it, right? Not many yeah. of them have the budget to do that. Well, I'll give you a case in point. Central Missouri Speedway on the 4th of July, they had the Tom Wilson Memorial. Right. $5,000 to win. Right. Rodney Sanders shows up. You know, uh, Gunnar Martin led pretty much the whole way. The local guy, the local champion, did he win that night? Nope. Mm -hmm. Rodney Sanders took the money home. Good point. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, our good friend from PRN, Lenny Patiki, is going to join the Racing Boys. You're listening to Track Talk. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. Made in America, sold to the world. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Welcome back. It's Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810WHB. Don't forget, you can always watch the show on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, RacingBoys.tv. And now you can also listen to our, our show wherever you watch your favorite podcast. So it doesn't matter if it's Spotify, iHeart, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, you can find Track Talk. So uh, let's bring on our uh, our. First guest of the day. Uh, anything uh, update, uh, last second thing? There he is. We can hear him talking in the background. Hey. A, a great friend of the Racing Boys. He's been a part of our Chili Bowl broadcast for many years. Lenny Patiki joins us on the show now. He is the voice of PRN as far as I'm concerned. Lenny, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Uh, you know, sitting here enjoying uh, watching the fans roll into the dirt track for the World of Outlaws World Finals and thinking about... How many of them made the trip from, uh, you know, Lakeside Speedway to come over here and watch right. all the stuff that's going on? Yeah, you know, no. kind of, kind of in that racing boys territory. Yeah. So uh, today they've changed up the uh, the event. They're going to start early today, so the people that want to watch online need to know that they're going to get going about one o'clock, right? 
Yeah, they're going to do, actually do uh, a push-off engine heat about 1230, uh-huh. and then uh, they'll be hitting the track with uh, hot laps or heats or whatever's on the schedule right about 1 o'clock. I think we do anthem and prayer and then go right into that. So uh, it's beautiful weather right now. Uh, there's a low off of the coast of South Carolina and Georgia that is just scary enough that if it could come up, it would do so in the late, late afternoon, early evening. They want to try to get things buttoned up so we can uh, crown the uh, championships and winners and all that. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to start and talk about one of our local guys. You know, our, our Kansas City guy is Blackjack Brian Brown. And, man, he's really kind of flexed his muscles the last couple nights. He hasn't had the finish that he wanted. I know that he, it looked like he had a chance maybe to win on the first night. He, he took the lead and the yellow comes out. Um, and then he has to go back and start second again. Talk about that first night of action down there. Uh, Brian Brown is certainly one of those guys that, uh, you know, it doesn't take a lot of change in the recipe, if any at all, for him to end up taking this thing tonight and and coming back to uh, Kansas with, uh, you know, arguably the big world finals win, the the one uh, of his career. I know he's one up in Knoxville, and I know that's really special to him. But uh, a world finals win would be right there on that same shelf, I would hope so. And, uh, you know, he just seems to have it. He seems to have speed, and that's what all these drivers are talking mm-hmm. about now. Do I have, does my car have speed? I remember the days when, you know, could it turn? I think they're all pretty confident their, uh, their pieces can turn enough now, but uh, everybody wants more speed, and, hey, we, you know, as fans, we like them going fast. Right. Yeah, and David Gravel, he's certainly got the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway figured out. Uh, what do you think his secret is? I don't know what it is, but uh, he really likes this place. And the driver that uh, y'all haven't uh, mentioned yet that, I, that I've been hearing is Logan Shukart, who's another Gravel-esque type guy that has the feel for the dirt track here. And he just was thwarted in you know being able to uh, have his car in the right spot. But I think the three of them, will certainly be a uh, big factor, Brown, right. Gravel, and Shukart, when it all comes down later on today. Yeah, Shukart, Shukart last a- night, I I knew he had that flat tire. When they came around to start to do the restart of that race, I looked at his left rear, and it was all the way down on the rim, and I go, it looks like Shukart has a left rear flat. And sure enough, they made one lap, he slowed down, had to give up the lead. It looked like he was on I the think foot. he was going to win that I, race. I do, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great battle, and the Dirt Vision folks, uh, you talk about how many people we have at the Chili Bowl with Racing Boys over the years uh, yep. on any given broadcast. Dirt Vision, I, I think I counted uh, anywhere between 11 and 13 different voices they've got on this <laughs> wow. week. So, uh, you can't drop, you can't, you can't point an old uh, flat race tire one direction to the other, and you're not hitting the dirt vision announcer here. Yeah. Hey, you know what? One of the highlights was last night though was that four wide salute with all three of the classes out there at once. That's the coolest that thing is in the world. Neat. Yeah. You know, we're really fortunate to be that spot that uh, welcomes all three divisions uh, at one time and the huge gallery of fans. And uh, it is. It's really one of those special moments that um, you know makes it all so cool to come down here and spend the days and now we're going to have a fourth day for uh 2022 starting on uh wednesday qualifying so uh really become a uh, a place where they could come and camp for uh pretty much a whole week what'd you think about jonathan davenport's performance last night ah 
Superman-like, uh, totally. Now, McCready was quick with his Bill Stein machine, mm-hmm. but Davenport just, um, it, it's so cool to watch how the, uh, the Georgia driver has matured. He knows himself where he needs to be on the racetrack, where his car needs to be, and uh, Davenport, uh, this vintage Davenport is really, really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah you know, Matt, uh, Shepard, you know, really, once he gets out and lead in most races that he runs, you're not going to be able to touch him. But, I mean, uh, Brandon Shepard said after the race, I just didn't have it. You know, right. there at the end, that's pretty rare for him to say something like that at the end of a race. I, I spoke to him earlier in the week, and I guess he's coming out your way to run a modified. Is that correct? Oh, I don't know. Did you know about that? No, I did not know about that. Did he say what yeah. track he was going to go to? No, I can't remember. I just, uh, I was hoping you guys did. Uh, it was one of the, his friends from out your way, and he's going to get into modified uh, in the next couple of weeks somewhere out, uh, you know, west of the Mississippi and, um, you know, pedal around in one of those things. Well, if, I, it, it, I think that's pretty cool. Lenny, it's, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because, you know, just before we went to break in segment number one, we were talking about the cost of modified racing and how much they're paying to win some of these modified races, and it brings in professional race car drivers like Jonathan Davenport, right, that, that, that want to run modifieds because some of these races are paying ten and $20,000 to win, and in my travels around the country, it seems like A-Mod racing is starting to tether off a little bit because of the expense of these cars. And I, I hold that directly. Uh, uh, re- the reason I think that's happening is because the amount of money that's out there for these guys to win. Well, certainly the amount of money and really the the trickle-down technology from dirt late model and NASCAR. For sure. Here around Mooresville, you know, we got a lead. We had Stremme and Lethal. Now he's up in Pennsylvania. He had Hornaday race cars. And that became a bit of a rivalry match that uh, trying to push each other up. And then, of course, the the Midwest-based chassis manufacturers having to Mm -hmm. keep up as well. But, uh, yeah, there's always the whispers about, you know, are these guys going down the pull-down rigs now? Are they looking at, you know, the arrow? And then what UMP had to throw at for, uh, you know, rules for uh, next year? I think uh, a lot of people are getting uh, a better focus that modified races on it, on its rise because of all this money. They need to get a control on it so that, you know, people aren't just uh, spending themselves into oblivion. Yeah. You know, uh, Brandon Shepard did run a modified at Lakeside Speedway a year ago, and they Grand Young Ann's Memorial Race. He didn't win, but he was there oh, running and, a modified. And what did that race pay? 10000 to win, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, okay. I mean, Brandon Shepard's run modifies. But, hey, another big story last night, the uh, young Lenny, kid was the 17-year-old Alex Yankowski. Mm-hmm. Shocking everybody, went in that big block modified feature last night. Yeah, he did it really cool. A kid from uh, eastern Pennsylvania. I think uh, just north uh, east of Scranton is where German... Uh, Pennsylvania is, and it's like J-E-R-M-Y-N. It's, uh, you know, a totally different spelling, but uh, it looks like it's pronounced German Pennsylvania. And uh, you could just see the emotion in the 17-year-old as the crew was coming up on stage. Genuine hugs and, and love between those folks. Uh, it was really, really a, uh, a unique moment to watch it all go down so close. Am, am I correct? Is Was that his first career Super Dirt Car Series feature? Yeah, 
that that's what they were saying above us uh, in the PA. That's what I heard as well. So, uh, and his, wow, what a place to get it. And his second career start, by the way. So oh, wow. That kid must have some real talent. There. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's, he, he got it done last night. There's no doubt. All three champions are already crowned, right, Lenny? I mean, we got Brad Sweet winning his third straight in the oh, World oh, of Outlaw oh. Sprint Cars. Matt Williamson winning in the uh, Super Dirt Car Series. And uh, we also got uh, the, a champion in the World of Outlaw Late Model uh, Chip, Chip Brandon Shepard wrapped that up. Uh, I want I want to throw this one little uh, tidbit of information in there. The young kid that won the Super Dirt Late Model feature, his grandfather passed away on Friday morning. Oh yeah, so he was racing with a heavy heart. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, he mentioned that right after he got out of the mm-hmm. out of the car last night, and uh, you know he said this this is hard. Lost my grandfather, but I mean, right. yeah, what a time to win your first race uh, in memory of him. Just had an angel riding on board with him. Absolutely. Yeah, man, you, you know, you know. It, it, it seems like so many times we see drivers rise to the occasion when they lose somebody in their family. And, uh, um, in fact, we saw that a little bit with Playcon, didn't we? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Short track so, Somebody's Same deal. Down. Same no deal. Same By the deal. way, it's Matt Shepard that won the uh, – championship in the uh, super dirt car series so correction on that but all these champions have already been wrapped up right big celebration for those guys already yes yes indeed uh we call matt shepherd four-letter matt and matt mm-hmm. williamson three-letter matt because yeah. he doesn't use both t's yeah <laughs> so um but both are really fast really great guys and uh shepherd getting uh yet another title very engineering minded driver when you uh converse with him it is, it is in, uh, you know, Kevin Rumley-style language. Everything is, you know, really scientific, but uh, a good guy and a heck of a wheelman. So uh, fun for him to get it. And then uh, Brad Sweet, uh, three in a row. Uh, that's, that's some uh, historic territory and joining some, uh, some great names there with uh, three in a row uh, for the sprint car title. And, um, you know, Brandon Shepard just continues to make that rocket uh, do amazing things. So pretty cool. I have a question for you guys. I actually yeah. have a couple. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you got Terry Maddox jumping over uh, yep. and, you know, uh, going to be doing some uh, uh, ASCS, uh, you know, work now uh, as the top dog there. He's the and man. There's, uh, yeah. also, well, let answer that one, and then I have one more. Yeah, you know, uh, Terry's been working in the ASCS office for many years, and uh, – if there was anybody that deserved the right to own ASCS, I would think uh, there's there was two people. Um, Matt Ward would have been one of them, and Terry Maddox would have been the other. And, you know, I think that they just chose Terry because Terry's been taking care of the scheduling and everything, and they gave pretty much the range to the Chili Bowl and the Tulsa Shootout. They've handed that over to matt ward so matt ward's got something to work on all year that chili bowl it's an all year round job so he's going to be focused on that terry maddox is taking over the lucas oil ascs as well as all the ascs regions he's got united rebel sprint car series he's got ocrs um and then he's going to take care of all the ascs regions i think they're in good hands lenny to be honest with you i think that terry is the right guy for the job he's young you know, I used to have this conversation with Fuzzy back in the day that if they're going to get somebody in there, if they ever going to sell that series to somebody, they need to sell it to somebody that's young that can promote the series for the next 25 or 30 years. Don't go in there and sell it to somebody 
that is of age, like 55 or 60 years old, because that's not going to do the series any good because that person will only be able to promote it for five or 10 years. And then they're going to start looking at their out path, right? Kind of like I am right now. And so I think that having a young person that can do it for 30 years like Emmett Hahn has, I think that's the best bet. Well, and I've, I've I heard rumors or read something of a new venture for you, uh, sir. Yeah, well, you know, uh, we, I'm going to be doing a, a daily podcast, and it will be here from our uh, Racing Boy studio. It's a show called Mostly Motorsports. We're going to debut it down at the Chili Bowl January 10th. It'll be Monday through Friday from 11 to 1230, a 90-minute show. And it's going to be hosted by yours truly. Kirk Elliott's going to stick around. Kirk's getting ready to retire, Lenny. I don't know. No, if you know. no, I, I, I hate oh, that oh. word. I'm going to become a full time race fan, Lenny. I'm just he's re- he, I'm graduating he's to a full time race fan. He's going to retire. <laughs> well, it's uh, always I, I, great to I, chat I've, with you guys. I've wore and, him uh, down, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can't wait to uh, hear him. Sniping about uh, a driver that he was sure finished 18th, even though scoring says he finished 19th. Well, let me just tell you, the Mostly Motorsports show is not going to be like track talk. Uh, it's going to have a little more edge to it, right? It's going to awesome. be a little edgier. So we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be speaking our opinions, and we'll be letting the callers call in and speak their opinions. We're going to have giveaways. We're going to have all kinds of great stuff going on. And we hope that everybody will tune in. Mostly Motorsports is going to debut January 10th at the Chili Bowl Midget Nationals. Again, it'll be Monday through Friday. It's live. It'll be 11 to 12.30, and we cannot wait to do it, Lenny. Hey, Lenny. Hopefully you get... we'll have you on from right. time to time, Lenny. Lenny. We've, you've got a lot of things going on. Tell us what you're doing and where they can hear you. PRN's at the track. Uh, follow us on Twitter for updates that uh, seem like they're endless to uh, some of the folks out there, but... We try to pass on information from Racing Boys, from uh, the uh, Now 600 series, from uh, ASCS, from any anywhere we get them. We want to retweet them and send them out so that race fans can uh, see a stream of great grassroots racing information. And they can also hear our shows at GoPRN.com. And uh, whenever my friends at Racing Boys uh, you know, allow, I'm glad to be here with you guys anytime and can't wait to uh, hear the new show. Thank you for having me on today. Hey, Lenny, how many years have you been doing that show? Uh, I think this will be starting our ninth year. How about that? Good for you, my friend. Well, we're so happy for you. You're a great asset to us down at the Chili Bowl when we broadcast it, and we hope that everything works out. Now, you know, Flo's taking over the broadcast this year. Racing Boys is not going to be doing it, but we're going to try to get all of our guys and all of our players that were in there last year back in again this year's. Hopefully you're you're one of those guys there, Lenny, because you're the best, bud. Well, thank you. Uh, It's an honor to be a part of that crew, and I love every minute that you all let me participate. Let me know what I need to do, and uh, we'll see you in Tulsa soon. Okay. Thank you, Lenny. Appreciate your time, bud. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. There's Lenny from PRM. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more of Track Talk. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products, made in America, sold to the world. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties. 
contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix, it works. Oh yeah, a little kiss. Boy, do I got a story about kiss. Tommy Hahn, Jeff Christensen, Scotty Cook, and myself. Tommy had bought a ticket to the Kiss concert. I think we were in Sioux City, Iowa. How long ago was this? Oh, a few years ago. So uh, they bought a ticket. Tommy had bought a ticket. And, and Scotty, Jeff, and I had went to a Mexican restaurant. And we were, well, we'd been drinking some tequila that night, just so you know. And uh, we come back to where Tommy is, over by the arena, by the uh, casino. And uh, Tommy goes, hey, man, I think you guys could just walk in the back door over there and, and, and watch Kiss with me. Well, we're three sheets into the wind on, on tequila. So we decide that we're just going to walk over there and see if we can walk in. And sure enough, we walked right in. And... Uh, we walked right up next to the stage, sat down, and watched a Kiss concert for free. It was the funniest thing. Tommy, it was the funniest thing, wasn't it, Tommy? I mean, you, you had to be there. It, it it was about the funniest thing that we'd ever done. Maybe Now now the world knows. We snuck into a Kiss concert. And now, and now the people who ran there, that there's concert There's a picture knows. of it right there. Right. There's a picture of me, Jeff, and, and Scotty. I don't know where Tommy's at in that and picture. And now you're going to get contacted by the promoters of that concert back in the day. Mm. They're going to say, hey, I want my money. Not hey. unless our signal reaches all the way up to Sioux City. <laughs> hey, Gene Simmons, his, his signal stretches far when it comes to money. Like, if you if he, Gene Simmons knows you took if some money from him. If he knew I, uh, uh, if I snuck in, he's going to send me he'll, a bill. He'll be he? up here knocking on the door. And then yeah, get off the show. Now, now the world get, knows. I, I need to go to Gladstone, Missouri. <laughs> the world knows that story now. Yeah, it so. was the funniest thing because as we walked in the door, I'll tell you a little bit more about the story. As we walked in the door, Scotty and Tommy had a drink in their hands, and you weren't allowed to bring drinks in. Me and Jeff walk in before them. They see the drinks in Scotty and Tommy's hand. They try to stop them. Me and Jeff kind of wave our hands like we got a stamp on our hand. We walk in, turn right, go over to the beer stand. Jeff's standing next to me, and I look over next to him. I said, I think we made it, bud. He goes, I think we did, too. And sure enough, Scotty and Tommy put their drinks down. They walked right in, and we went and watched Kiss. It was That's the key, is he just act like you know where you're you going. You just have to act like, you know, I was with the ultimate uh, uh, fence jumper, Scotty Cook. Yeah. He's one of the all-time great fence jumpers. Now the world knows about that, about Scotty Cook. Oh, he he was the king of them back in the day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, Scotty, we, man. Uh, uh, Kirk, we got a little bit of sound that uh, yes, we do. This, Ben Rhodes, uh, right? This is a terrific sound bite. Uh, ben Rhodes wins the championship for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series last night. He had to pass Zane Smith for position to get that done. Zane was the other guy. Of course, Matt Crafton. Uh, going for his fourth championship, he ended outside the the top ten, and we told you about the problems John Hunter Nemechek had last night. But yep. the man of the hour was Ben Rhodes, and in his post-race press conference last night, 
he talked about how he's able to get it done. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of what I was wanting. Um, you know, I, I was worried that if I got past him too quickly, then, um, you know, he was going to side draft me right back and get the win. But I, I didn't plan on Jordan Anderson coming out of nowhere. Uh, he almost snuck by past both, both of us. So um, I was I was really surprised on that. Uh, but I tried to plan this out from the previous lap. Uh, you know, I lost the stage win for stage two from this exact thing happening. And I said, and my, 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 my spotter, TJ Bell said, all right, we lost this one, but don't lose the next one. And we did just that. I learned from it. That was a big mistake on my part, but we learned from it. We overcame it and we set it up perfectly to be able to do this for, for the, the real one that mattered. Hmm. Interesting. TJ Bell, a former truck driver himself back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations to Ben Rhodes. Yep. Big champion last night. Of course, what uh, that championship pay to win? Do you know? I don't know. Hmm. It's got to pay pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, today the Xfinity Series will be going. Actually, that's tonight. And we'll see if Austin Sendry can race. win. Yeah, night race. Uh, Austin Sendry going for his second straight championship tonight. A.J. Allmendinger, uh, who's... My, you know, I picked these guys that probably had the best seasons. So AJ Allmendinger is who I'm wanting to win this tonight. So, so uh, you just picked the favorites. Yeah, the ones that I feel. Why is that, Kirk? The ones you that can't, I, you can't go out on a limb no, and pick it, somebody besides a favorite. It's the ones that I feel have had the best seasons. That that's who I want to win the championships. So that's who I'm rooting for, AJ Allmendinger. Why don't you root for an underdog, Kirk? To win the championship? Well, I yeah. Don't, I don't want that. I want the guy that had the best season to win the title. Not me. I want an underdog to win the title. I have no interest in watching somebody that wins a lot of races win. I, I, I like seeing the guy that doesn't have a chance. And I want to see Kyle Larson win tomorrow. Because he deserves it. Well, I, I, listen, I will agree with you on the Kyle Larson part only because I like Kyle Larson. <laughs> it's not because he won the most amount of races. It's because I like Kyle Larson. He deserves a championship. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the other players in that Xfinity title run today, Noah Gregson, and you and I sat here and watched him win that race at Martinsville last week. He had to win the race to yeah. get in. Yeah. I mean, that was a heck of a finish at Martinsville last week. And so he's in there along with Daniel Hemrick, and uh, we'll see how that goes later on today. Yeah. And, you know, I'm happy to see they got, you know, practice and qualifying this weekend. That That's different. So these guys have a chance to dial in these race cars and qualify, and I think starting position is going to be pretty important in these races. You know, Kyle Larson has done a very good job all season long of getting the – pole position starting spots are on the front row because he wins all these races because right. they've been starting everybody that wins the previous week up front. So we'll see how qualifying goes tonight, but I think it proved last night with the truck series, it's important where you start. And John Hunter Nemechek didn't it, have a good it, qualifying spot last night, and he paid for it. You know, it's funny. The track configuration is the same. But a lot of the drivers, if you talk to them and you ask them, since they've moved the the start finish line over there off of the old number turn two, yeah. right, right where right. they exit the corner, 
that they say the track race is different now, even though the track configuration is exactly the same as it was before. Because where the start-finish line is. I, I guess. I don't get it. Because it's a wider area. They're, you know, they're cutting down it. I guess when it comes to the finish of these races, mm -hmm. it is a lot different. It's a lot wider area. They can go low and go high, and it's just a whole different dynamic with you move that start-finish line down to where it is now. Yeah. Well, you know, to be honest with you, it's odd looking to me where the start finish line is. Yeah, it'd Bams. be like it'd be like having it in uh, it'd between be like turns it, one and two at most every racetrack. It, it that's would, where it's at. It would be like having the checkered flag where the uh, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum's at. Yeah. Coming off a of turn two. I don't know if I like it. To be honest with you, I think. A start-finish line should be, at some point, near the mid-portion of a straightaway. I'm I'm with you. I liked it the way it used to be at Phoenix. I, I, I just think that there's too many ways to, I don't know, you know, the last lap. You know, how people beat and bang each other out of the way. And if you remember right, down in turn one and two at Phoenix, now turn one and two, uh, or no, now three and four, I should say, it's it's a real tight radius down there, so a guy could knock a guy knock the snot out of a guy and move him out of the way on the last lap of the last corner, and eh, maybe that's what fans. Hey Kirk, I'm not sure I liked Phoenix as the last race of the season. Well, I, I, I loved Homestead as the I I did too final but, venue. But Kirk, let me ask you this: We've seen a lot of emotions here in the last couple of weeks, and I know we we'll carry over this in hour number two. Don't forget hour number two. You can watch it on Facebook, Twitter racingboys.tv, or you can find Track Talk anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Um, there's been a lot of drama the last few weeks in NASCAR, and I think it's healthy for NASCAR, and I think they ought to let it go. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, just let it go. Just all, I don't know. What do you think? 90. I think they need to, they need to rock them, sock them robots, man. What about Denny Hamlin nosing up and doing the burn off on the the? I winner? don't like that. I don't like crashing somebody else's victory lane party. Oh, I loved it. Give me that drama, man. Let's get let's crank it up and make it where everybody listen. That's what people want to see. You know, you can say what you want about these races, right? But at the end of the races, everybody wants to see somebody with a little attitude, and I think it's good for the sport. Hey, hey give it to Denny. He provided entertainment for the fans last week. You know, yep. pe people are talking about it. So is that going to help him win a championship? I don't, I don't think know. so. <laughs> he's been distracted before in a lot of this stuff, and he's uh, – He's, punted it. He punted it on the Lee final Spencer's day. We'll article, see how it goes. Lee Spencer's article said he's going all out the rest of the way. But Denny, Denny says, I thrive on chaos. This is good for me. Well, we'll we'll yep. see if it is. All right, hour number two coming up. You can watch it on our Facebook page, Racing Boys Network. You can watch it at Racing Boys on Twitter. You can go to racingboys.tv as well. YouTube page, we've got it there. Or you can find it, the replay, wherever you find your favorite podcast. For Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trail. I want to thank... Uh, Adam, everybody here at, at uh, Todd and Austin here at eight at uh, Racing Boys, and we'll see you right around the corner. Hour number two. 
as your power steering pump ages. Seal leaks may occur, causing the power steering system to lose fluid. Your power steering system may also develop an annoying squeal, and the steering may become more difficult to handle. By using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you will stop the seal leaks, reduce slack in rack and pinion, eliminate the squeals and hard spots in your power steering system. It is guaranteed to stop seal leaks for your money back. Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. It works.